broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. Back again, party time over at Starbase Code 47. That's right. This is episode 56, uh, coming to you on the Secret Friends Unite podcast network i am charlie carden your trek lord of west michigan uh coming to you for week two with my super special totally awesome uh guest hosting individual that would be, be paul moderman of the uh Rich Davenport dynasty, as it were, uh, who has been on loan to me while Rich is uh, uh, off on an away mission in sunny Florida. Uh, so, Paul, how the hell are you this week? Charlie, I'm doing freaking fantastic. How about you? I am doing good. It's a sunny uh, Saturday here in Michigan. It's about 50 degrees. It's the fall that we've been waiting for because I have been like, ah, come on, fall, do something for us. Uh, but now we got it. And it's I like, like it. It's like 49 here in Minnesota. Same deal. Yeah, just I know. Yep. Just just enjoying the hell out of it. So, yep. well, good. Well, uh, we're coming back again uh, for week two of four uh, that Paul is gracing me with his presence. Uh, and he was the one uh, that came up with kind of the boat driving uh, se- uh, segment that is running the show, which is uh, I'm functioning as a, a, a Star Trek shaman, as a, a Sherpa of a certain kind, uh, because Paul kind of identified to me that, you know, I'm not super familiar with Star Trek Voyager. I'm not super familiar with Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You know, give me give me a two and a one. Give me two great and give me one terrible, and then let's let's see what that. Let's take the chocolate and the peanut butter and squish them together uh, and give some original thoughts. So, without further ado, you know, usually we tackle the news. I was looking over the news size sources this week, and they were just not doing it for me. Uh, so, you know, what? we're just going to skip it. Segment one, you're out of here. Screw it. No way. No way. <laughs> no how. I'm not. I'm not the system. You're the system. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So we're just we're just gonna get right into it. So last week we did we did Voyager. Uh, we took on uh, Scorpion with Species Eight Four Seven Two and the Borg and Seven of Nine. Uh, and as I was talking about last week, that was the beginning of season four of Voyager, where they said, "Look, the ratings kind of suck. The show is kind of boring. People don't really dig it. We got to mix things up. How do you do that? New character. Well, at the same time." Uh, in season four of DS9, which was uh, two uh, two years previously in the fall of 1995, they were kind of in the same spot. They were like, the show's kind of dragging, in, in which case they were actually, DS9 was in syndication where Voyager was on a network, if that's what you mm. want to call the UPN. And again, networks are such a meh these days. You know, everybody we yeah. watch things. You know, a network is Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus. Yeah. That's what a network is now. But back in those days it was it was a big deal. It was big. It was important. And you know, you had your sweeps twice a year and and uh in May and then November and that's when the ratings got taken. So you knew this and that. So so it's the fall of nineteen ninety five or rather it's the you know summer of ninety five when they're making these decisions. Uh the previous summer or spring uh, Star Trek The Next Generation concluded its run, uh, and you know Star Trek Generations took place uh, shortly thereafter, and so, and then it was like well, we got to wait for the next movie. Well, all those all those actors uh, who were part of Star Trek The Next Generation kind of went on to do different stuff. Well, at some point uh, during the uh, late part of 94 to early part of 95, and having this you know come to Jesus talk in the writer room in mm-hmm. at Deep Space Nine, they said. Okay, we got to do something. We got to add a new element. We got to spice this shit up. What are we going to do? 
Worf. We want Worf. We want to turn this into a Klingon thing. We want to bring back arguably the most interesting, uh, one of the more interesting characters from Star Trek The Next Generation that people love. And we want to slap him into our show, so to speak, um, and have it hopefully be something that boosts us up. So that's what we got. That's what we got in the, again, in the fall of 1995, uh, season four, double length premiere of Deep Space Nine, The Way of the Warrior. The Way of the Warrior. And so I will read the recap, uh, the very brief paragraph recap. This was, again, it was a double-length episode, so this counts as our two, just kind of as we did. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to really enhance Paul with the creme de la creme of the good stuff so that he been, really gets a taste for it. It's been, Charlie, it's, it's, it's been the, beautiful. It's two chef's kiss. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's good. Okay, so here's a summary. When a Klingon fleet under... Uh, General Martok arrives at the station ostensibly to protect the Alpha Quadrant from the Dominion. Sisko recruits Lieutenant Commander Worf to discover the Klingons' true intentions. Paul, it's all you. Okay, so the first thing I thought was, holy crap, they still have baseball in the 24th century. That was, I was like, good. I'm glad for that. I'm glad the future still has baseball. I'm not sure I heard any references to baseball in... TNG or anything else. So I was glad to hear that like baseball is still happening. Um, right. Another thing I noticed is that it, 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 in this episode, but in a lot of, a lot of DS nine, I think the director chooses a lot of like close shots. It's in your face. It's very it's in, in their face. face. Yeah. It's in right. their face. It's very, uh, it makes the conflict kind of pop out at you a little bit more when you know because when cisco is mad you're like whoa that dude's pissed off right in my face yeah right you know i mean it's got a it's got right. a mm, nah. do that it's got menace to it so i i like that choice for for uh for this show especially because as the more the more i get into it or the the, the more i get into it is like <clears throat> ds9 is on a different trajectory than voyager or tng or whatever ds9 has this like political and diplomatic intrigue that those shows have less of right or, or none. Yeah. Yeah. With, Vo- with, with Voyager and you probably really didn't, I, th- I don't think you caught any of it within the two parter of the, no. the Scorpion because we were, you know, we were halfway through the show in the first season of the show and really only in the first half of the first season of the show, there was the fact that, uh, Voyager, you know, a, a quarter of the crew were these Maquis, these freedom fighters, these rebels. Think about like uh-huh. the Rebel Alliance. Think about if Han, Luke, Chewie, and Leia ended up on a Starfleet ship, and they were like, right. they were like, meh. And the Cardassians are the Empire, and uh-huh. and all of the rebels were really outlaws. And somehow the Starfleet people were like, well, you know, we're stuck together and whatever. And they would they would butt heads, right? Well, by the time you yeah. get around to that. There's, so there, there goes the political part of it. They just kind of like, ah, oh, this is. I mean, clearly within Voyager, they found that that was not interesting, so they were just kind of like, boop, and they push it to the side. Yeah, yeah. So this, so so DS Nine has that, and I and I like it. And, it, and it, so so okay, which leads me to sort of my first Sherpa guide question here. And this is so Deep Space Nine is a is a station in presumably in deep space, correct? Um, and it's no, next and, to, and, and it's numbered nine. It's not, it's the ninth one, right? <laughs> Starting from one, presumably. Um, the, it's and it's right next to a wormhole. Is is DS nine 
in place because of its proximity to that wormhole? That's a great question that did, you know, and again, I would love, well, you should just go back and watch blah, blah. I know your time is limited, but <laughs> yeah. in the, in the first episode, I'll give you the, I'll give you the yeah. elevator speech of the spoiler. What happened was there's the planet Bajor, which is obviously established in the episode you watched. It, yep. Bajor is not a, not a Federation planet. It's not Starfleet. Right. Uh, right. which is why Major Kara wears a different uniform, and she's a major, not a lieutenant commander. Sure. Uh, and what happened was Deep Space Nine itself is an old Cardassian mining station that was in orbit of Bajor. What happens in that first oh. episode is that Cisco and Dax are taking a runabout out to explore strange readings and the blah, 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 and they discover the wormhole probably in proximity to Bajor, but far enough away that if you put the, you know, it would be better if the station was sitting in front of it. Um, right. And so what happens throughout the course of the episode is they find a way to move the station from the orbit of Bajor to be next to the wormhole so that oh. the station can safeguard the wormhole. So, okay. yeah, it was, that. that's why, you know, DS9, and again, what happened was when the, the Cardassians were occupying Bajor, they left, and when they left, they left the station there, and so it became oh, okay. the Joran station, and then, and okay. then Bajor said to Starfleet, you know, come help us out, we're just getting back on our feet, and blah, 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 so Starfleet was brought in to run the station, so okay. that's the, I hope that was less than a two-minute drill, the elevator, no, that, that was good. elevator speech, yeah. That that really does help, and, and the... <clears throat> That wormhole, I get the sense that stuff pops out of it every now and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Er, 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 every now and again. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> the voice. So the the intro, the credits. The, there's the comet that kind of is going by with leaving dust, and you can you get kind of a flyover of the station and stuff. There's no voiceover. Right for it, and that right, was the this TNG yeah, has the voiceover. Right, and this was um, being the third Star Trek show. This was the first time that they they didn't do that, and then Voyager followed suit. Okay, and then when Enterprise came along in the early two thousands, they had a pop song, and people just did not know what to do with themselves. They were like, <laughs> "Oh my God, it was fire!" They say bitch about it to this day, and it was twenty yeah. years ago. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, that that I was I was like okay cool I, I I I dig I also in the intro I thought to myself this is this is great this is great music and it kind of fits like I like how the intro music for these various series fits with the series right because with TNG you've got this sort of like sense of adventure and excitement a little bit with Voyager you've got this sort of soaring thing like exploration can't help but happen where we're in the we're in this whole other freaking quadrant we can't do it we can't help but explore and ds9 has this very it's got a stationary feel to it it's got this 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 sort of um there's like a long held sustained notes that are underneath the melody the melody doesn't go very fast or or right hop around a lot it kind of adds to the weight of like ds9 is not exploring ds9 is is where it is for a political and a, a purpose, right? So that so that's 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 cool. I like that. Um, the once again the credits give away the game because the credits tell you that Michael Dorn, as like they had just announced that he's there basically. Um, so if you were watching the credits, you would have already known what was about to happen. Um, I noticed that Cisco has a Skylab model. 
Yes. The space shuttle. Pretty cool, huh? That's cool. I love I love I love seeing like, you know, our, the history that we know threading into hundreds of years later of more history of of this kind of stuff. This also must be after generations, right? This must be after generations. Because Yes, well yeah it is because the Enterprise is, Enterprise is destroyed. It went, let me see if I can remember yeah. my my star dating. This would have only been a few months after Generations happened, because I'm remembering right. my start dates. Generations was set at the end of the year that followed when the TNG series ended. So sure. season season seven of TNG, Generations, and then the, and then this season. So it was if you if if okay. you remember the years, 2370 was the end yep. of TNG. 2371 yep. was was Generations and Voyager season mm-hmm. one. 2372 was then season four of DS9. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The um, Dax. Yes. Dax, I, which I didn't know, I didn't realize, is living her fourth of X lives or whatever, or seventh. She's seventh of X. Se- she says at one point she's seven or eight eight and then nine by the time we get to the end of the series because it changes again she gets a new host and she oh. is she is a, yeah and, and again i don't want to jump too far ahead but she is at the time of season uh six she says that her symbiote is 356 years old so ah. do so yeah so do that man well that doesn't mean that like a symbiote is born and maybe it doesn't get a host right away or whatever but 356 ah. that's a lot that's obviously a lot okay 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 um i love i love i love 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 when the klingons are when like klingon klingons like the empire the the council the high council i love when those guys are a part of the equation right because they bring such a different energy than humans bring to things and 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 yet and yet there's a way that there's still like there's an alliance right there there's a peace treaty in, in in right in effect here which is which is great right um but I, what I love about the Klingons is their, or one of the things I love about the Klingons is their their sense of honor and how they how they sort of weave that in there. And uh, when <laughs> when I think it's Worf says about the guy's son, the guy says, "You you've harmed my son's honor." Yeah, Martok's son. Yeah, yeah. Martok's son. Yeah. And Worf says, "You cannot take away what someone does not have." <laughs> I know Klingon zingers. Yeah, that it was, was like uh, if it was a sitcom, they'd be like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'd be an audience like, oh my god, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was no, yeah, that was, and he that's says a, that's yeah. a serious burn. Like, well, for real, because if yeah. again you think about the Klingon society being like, uh, you know, for let you know, not in its entirety, but like the the old southern ways of like you know i demand satisfaction and slap a guy across yeah, the face with a yeah, glove or whatever yeah. uh not to draw the t- allegory too deep down on slavery or anything like that but just yeah, that yeah. that you know i'm a southern gentleman and, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and yeah the klingons you know they have a very strict code of conduct for everything they do you know a, a klingon who can't stand on his feet and fight uh would commit ritualistic suicide. And that was an episode that was covered in TNG when Worf shattered his spine and yeah. he was, you know, and it was, uh, he was trying to have someone help him die cause he can't do it himself. Cause that's blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, you know, Klingons, but then a later in a later episode of DS9, it comes out that, Oh, I thought Klingons were supposed to kill 
yourselves if you were captured. And then the line is like, not when there's still enemies to fight or if there's a way to escape. I'm like, what? Do, what okay, there's just so many weird little rules. But again, it's so ingrained in their society that no one doesn't know in a situation what you're supposed to do when this thing happens. If, if this, yeah. if, if A, then C, you know, if F, yeah. then Q, Three twelve subset yeah. eight. You know yeah, that, yeah. that's Klingon society. Yeah, yeah. You've you you. Everyone kind of knows and knows how to navigate the 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 steps and layers there of that stuff. Right. Yeah. It. it uh, yeah. That's so. <clears throat> and I like that too because that 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 is a that's a good way of sort of because it it, it you know in the in the bad episode that we have later it, there's there's <laughs> oh, there's God. different stuff but what it does communicate in in the broader sense is like one of the i'm which i'm sure it, if there are other civilizations out there which i hope and think there probably are right um that that will be one of the major barriers to overcome for exploration is cultures that are so incredibly different mm-hmm. incredibly different that it will take a major a major effort on the part of both parties of whatever first contact happens in the future to like, if there's a relationship there, it has to be navigated carefully mm-hmm. because whatever, whatever species we meet out in the galaxy, right. They will have, they will have evolved and developed and had civilization and culture and every other thing. So incredibly differently that their approach to life, the universe, everything will likely be like, it won't be like, english and like chinese as languages Mm -hmm. go or cultures go it will be like earth and something incredibly fucking different that will take all of our effort to sort of bridge that gap that's a like to me that's a bigger bridge to gap than any any one nation or other nation on earth right 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 and we all have we all have like two arms and two legs and some of us go bald and that kind of stuff right we have those (laughs) things in common (laughs) and something that is so different about Star Trek versus science fiction of other kind is that you would just simply expect, and it happens with a lot of these these Star Trek races, is that if you see another alien species, you just ultimately want to kill them. Oh, you're different yeah. than us. You got to die. Just blast. Where somehow, and it, you know, it took some time, but it didn't take a lot of time. You know, there was Earth Starfleet, but eventually there were four other interstellar species that could get along enough to start a federation. But yeah. then, you know, they had. That was after a long war with the Romulans, and the Romulans were actually an offshoot of the Vulcans, which is one of the five right. races that started the Federation. And then they bumped into the Klingons, and then but the Klingons yeah. and the Romulans hated each other. So tying back to really what we were touching last week is that you know Star Trek is this very Shakespearean, and there's all this different yeah. weird stuff that happens with uh, with that. So, yeah, but anyway, too far afield. This is this is your exploration. So I am yeah. I am listening. This, but this is this is great though because I, I like that kind of I like that that, that discussion. Uh, here's another thing: is uh, along those same lines, not in terms of well, maybe in terms of culture, but not in terms of different races, but the different captains slash commanders of each series. Sure. Right. So the, the example I thought of here was, so, so Cisco takes like the command crew in the defiant and they go off to defend um, a Cardassian ship right. from the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cisco chooses to use the cloak, the cloaking device they have on that shuttle, even though, I'm not sure defined as a shuttle, but that ship is small. Sh- it's, a, it's a small ship. Yeah. But technically whatever. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, even though the treaty says, right. 
you can't use the cloak in the Alpha Quadrant. Right, right. yeah, because they had, if you jump back to the beginning of Season 3, which is when we're introduced to the Defiant, mm-hmm. uh, they get the ship, they cut a deal with the Romulans, and it's weird because they had a Romulan on board to operate the cloak, which uh-huh. lasted for an episode or two because they're like, well, we don't want a Romulan character on the show, so forget that. Yeah. If somebody can just push a button, then that, that was how they worked it out. But, um, but yeah, they were only supposed to have it to use in the in the Gamma Quadrant, the other side of the wormhole, yeah. and then only in exchange for any intelligence that they might gather in the Gamma Quadrant because the Romulans had never right. been there because the Romulans had, you know, had a Cold War-like relationship with the Federation, and there yeah. was no there was no joint operations or tra- going in. They had a demilitarized zone between the two areas because yeah. they were Cold Warriors. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Cisco, Cisco chooses to flip on the cloak. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, as soon as he did that, I thought to myself, I'm not sure Picard would choose that. Right. And I thought, I'm not sure Janeway would choose that either. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Even though there's like, but there's a pragmatic balance to all of those things because, because you can see you, like the reason for Cisco doing that. You can see that you can, you can get why Cisco chooses to cloak the defiant to go do what he has to do. Right. And, and he's weighing, he's weighing certain things with, Cardassia and, and the Klingon Empire and and the Klingon Federation sort of um, balance there and Picard is weighing similar things with or would be weighing similar things with other things too and uh, like it's very it's it's, it's so it, like I, I love that that like the personalities of the captains or commanders right drive so much of what goes on good because because you could have the sense that that like oh my gosh these technology is so advanced they can do whatever they want to do and it's just like boom 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 bang right. but like the personality of the person in the chair is probably still the biggest factor for any ship or any station right right in in its process of going through the the adventures and 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 things that it does is like the the person in the chair is the biggest the biggest factor is the biggest whatever it's still it's still a, a, a meat a meat intelligence so to speak meat. right <laughs> the, 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 the meat cute yeah exactly. meat. <laughs> yeah making calls that uh that are not that are that are not like the ship's computer can't make that call you know right. what i mean so that, like i i love that i love that side of it too and i would love of course it's got this what if like because i've been we've been going on this what if thing over on um uh, great disturbances. Right. Uh, every now and again, we do what if episodes, and I and I th- like this one for me. That moment hit a what if for me. Like if what if Picard was the the commander, so to speak, of of DS Nine, and Picard gets on the Defiant, and Picard has that same choice. Like, how would Picard navigate that that choice of like I'm going to do this, and holy shit, I might fuck up, you know, our treaties and everything else like that. It's it's there's 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 infinite ways to sort of to sort of think about and enjoy that kind of thing when you have deep the rich personalities right. as part of as part of the the leadership of stuff. Exactly, exactly. So well good. So that's still within it's kinda of hard to, to split it into parts one and two, but yeah, so we you know, we covered obviously the Klingons come along, Worf yeah, goes into yeah. full investigator mode and he's kind of button heads with Odo, which is interesting because that's Odo's job on the station is he's yeah. the, <laughs> he's yeah. the chief investigator dude. Um and so yeah, Worf uses uh his abilities to, you know or his contacts 
to kind of decode the fact that the reason the Klingons are really there is they're like, uh, something funny is going on at Cardassia because the, 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 the government collapsed, civilian government is in place. They have, and if you know anything about the Cardassians, which is a, a little more informed watching the show as a whole, is that they have this very strict military government dichotomy. And then if one collapsed right. and then the civilian government took over and how does that interface with the military? So they, you know, the, the big Klingon brain trust, and actually this is, it's kind of a conspiracy within a conspiracy that you learn about in the season five premiere is that I don't really want to jump ahead and ruin it for you, but it's, it's, it's conspiracy within a conspiracy that has to do with the other driving villain of the show, the villainous race sure. of the show. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's okay. deep, it's deeply layered, but this was, um, this was huge for the station that, you know, well, we finally got a ship in season three because people were bored with the fact that in seasons one and two, they had, the, the, the most that they could do to get away from the stations had these runabouts, which were basically like school bus sized shuttlecraft. Oh, sure. That were like, oh, well, they're cool. They're not cool enough. So they got the Defiant, which is like the Millennium Falcon of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going out there and blowing shit up. And it's like, yeah. Woo! And it's very exciting. But again, still wasn't enough. So this, what's crazy about this and that all of the space stuff that you end up seeing is that this was still maybe four or five years before CGI really takes over yeah. in sci-fi shows. So these are all practical models, reuse shots, repurpose yeah. shots and stuff. And so that last kind of climactic battle at the end is just, it, it's all practical effects and all that. And you can tell, cause some of it is like, Oh, something exploded and it was like a ship, but then it was replaced with like a puff of flame. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, you know, sure. but you yeah. know, as, as audiences of the time, but, we were kind of yeah. like, we we're kind of like, woo. And again, this is a, this and Voyager as a series have not been, nor may they ever be, converted into high definition because of what I was kind of describing. Yeah. You know, it's I've read article upon article that has said, well, the interest isn't there, and even just to even just to separate it and make it high definition, there'd be so much cost, and we don't yeah. really have a way to recover it because physical media now i know some somewhere somewhere your pal and mine rich uh davenport will stop and look up into the sky physical media is dying we know rich loves physical media <laughs> yeah. but as far as new stuff being produced that was that was how they got tng and tos and then to a lesser degree enterprise pushed out there because they felt that was that well with enterprise it had been done in HD or it, it, it was more of an easy conversion, but with yeah. TOS and, and TNG, they spent just boatloads of cash to upload yeah. those. But those are the two most popular series. So it just yeah. was not a big deal uh, yeah. to, and to do that and get, the, and it really, it really pays off. If you yeah. watch either one or two of those on yeah. any streaming platform or on a disc, and I, I do have all the discs, it's remarkable. It's remarkable how it beautiful is. it is. There's no doubt. But with this, it's just it's still very grainy. And yeah. the other thing that's holding it back is that they can't really – there's a, a processor, a reason, and the technical people could walk you through it of why converting that all that practical, modded, uh, practical model shooting – to upconvert it is not really possible. They would have to redo it, and the cost would be beyond the sky. So yeah. we yeah. may be stuck with this forever, you know. But it's still, when it comes to DS Nine, it is still. And I'm, I'm sure if you have a chance to continue to explore DS Nine, you'll find that when it comes to Star Trek, there is no finer storytelling than DS Nine. They really, as as a 
as a standalone piece or as a standalone series where they expand through plot threads kind of throughout. Like we just finished watching The Sopranos like an hour ago. We had never seen ah. it before. We saw the final episode. But to see a show that developed plot threads kind of throughout from episode one to episode 86, yeah. DS9 is very much the same, but it's 176 episodes. So yeah, it's, that, okay. it's that much longer. And, and much like the episode that we're going to touch in a minute here where we talk about you know, a terrible episode. Um, There were certainly bumps along the way. Not every episode is a winner. Um, And so you're going to get some duffers. There's no doubt about it. But um, yeah, from stem to stern, I mean, I wish I wish I could get you to watch all the the, the last ten episodes that make up that final arc because it's so amazing. But I know I can't do that. But anyway, yeah. well, but anyway, we'll work on it. We'll work on. We'll it. work on. It. Um, yes. Uh, so so speaking of that final that battle at the end, that battle between the space stuff and then the onboard DS9 stuff was that was way more intense than any other like Star Trek battle. Mm-hmm. Right on a television series I'd ever seen. There was there was like so many people getting phasered and beat up, and so many like hundreds of photon torpedoes being shot, and hundreds of phaser blasts going by, and so many ships blowing up. It was it was like the scale of that battle on one one deep space station was insane. It was insane. It was good. I I loved it for because because the like the size and scope of the battle. I kind of sat there like. Holy shit! This is this is like, this is intense and for one like for one space station to be the fulcrum of so many things, right? And so of course there's lots of interested parties and lots of people fighting, but it was I think it set the tone right for this this little this little moment in 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 uh, Federation and Klingon and Cardassian history is super important. So there's lots of of course there's lots of important people and forces converging here to, to mm-hmm. make things happen. And, and, mm-hmm. the, and the battle set the tone for that. I thought, so that was, I thought it was well done. I thought it was like powerful hit me in terms of that, what that battle was. And then like overall this episode, this, this double length episode, I like, see, I always thought Worf was interesting and yet we didn't get enough of Worf. Right. In TNG. Right. And again, you know what I mean? And, and he was because he was a he was a lower tier character. I mean, even if yeah. you watch the credits, it's the only it's the only show when when TOS started, it was starring William Shatner, starring Leonard Nimoy. And then I'm trying to remember if it was either from the jump or it was later in the series. It was Andy Forrest Kelly. Everybody else was supporting cast. Their names were at the end of the show. In right. the in the title card that would run, so they were not. Even though there were a lot of this is a Scotty episode. This is a uh, this is a, an episode about. I'm trying to remember who else had standalone episodes. Nurse Chapel had a standalone episode. Check you know, for, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. What and when you got to TNG, it was starring Patrick Stewart, starring Jonathan Frakes. Then everybody else was also starring, but it was all at the beginning of the show. So and then when they went to DS9, it was back to just Avery Brooks was a starring character and everybody else was also starring. And it continued yeah. and it continued that way. So, you know, I mean, in the first season in particular, they uh, of TNG, they had an extra character 
because they had a security chief and they had Worf, who was in a red uniform, so he was not security. And he just yeah. kind of floated around the bridge, and they're like, uh, somebody's got to go up to take a piss. Worf, take the helm. Somebody's yeah. got to go up yeah. to do blow. Worf, do this. And you'd see Worf in the back working at a station. Sometimes he'd, he'd be in Data spot. Sometimes he'd be in Geordi's spot, because in the first yeah. season, Geordi, Geordi was the con officer. Uh, and then Tasha died, because Denise Crosby chose to leave the show. And then Worf became acting chief of security. And then in season two, he took the post officially, got the gold uniform. And then there were a decent amount of, I won't say it was equal sharing, but I mean, as they went through the supporting cast of TNG, they continued to, you know, here's a, there were more Riker episodes and Picard episodes than there were of the others, but everybody got a little bit here and there. So yeah, pretty good taste of that, that sort of central on data, central on Wesley, right. central and, on Beverly. And it was throughout TNG and, and you know, and he had joined, uh, he joined the writer staff and maybe episode season three, Ron D. Moore, who went on to make Battlestar Galacta, Galactica, the reimagined, one of my all time favorites that I absolutely swear by. That was his baby relaunching that he started TNG uh, season three, an episode called the bonding about Worf bonding with an orphan child for whom Worf was responsible for the death of his surviving parent on an away mission. This woman had died. And so Worf performed the ceremony to bond himself to this kid. And it was the first episode where you really dug into Klingon culture within TNG that kind of set the pace for any other really Worf episode that followed, including, you know, ethics in season five where he broke his back that I was talking about a little while ago. Um, And again, that was Ron Moore. And then Ron Moore was one of the guys who drove the bus for deep space nine. And so not at all surprising that Ron Moore wanted to bring in Worf and then Worf drove the most compelling storylines from here to the end of the series, starting with this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because what a great choice for that because because Worf's, Worf's central conflict here is my people versus my duty. You know, should I choose, should I choose my, my heritage or sort of where my heart is, right? All this kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. is like a fantastic, like kudos to Michael Dorn. Like you realize how much as an actor, Michael Dorn is, is sort of strangely handicapped by his prosthetics, right? Right, because right. Worf, Big time. Worf can't move his eyebrows, right? Because it's not, there's no muscles there. Right. right. And, and, and he's got his nose covered and all this kind of stuff too. But you still, Michael Dorn still gives you like this emotional range of this Klingon warrior going through this process. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing um, to, to watch Worf go through the, go through the process there was one moment in that whole thing that I didn't quite understand. Okay. And, and, and maybe it was just a funny thing. I don't understand about the military. I don't know. Is that at one point, not at the end, but kind of getting on in the episode, Worf is giving his resignation to Cisco. Right. And Cisco's like, no, I don't accept. Like, what is it? Like, is, is that, that how that works? N- no. Um, not in, Earth military, you know, not right. even like the U.S. military. Uh, I get the feeling that Starfleet is very much, uh, it's like uh, it's like at-will employment. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever had a job where someone just says, this is at-will employment. If we don't like you, we're going to fucking fire you. Yeah. Or you can simply say, you know what? Uh, I found a better opportunity and I'm going to leave. So okay. I get the feeling that Starfleet is like that because there's in several episodes you say, I'm out. And someone will take off their comm badge and they'll toss it down on a desk. Yeah. I'm out. 
You know, and you can yeah. do that in the military. They're like, oh, and you're going to the stockade. You're, yeah, you're going to be you in prison for, for desertion. Yeah. yeah, that's not, that's not, yeah, Starfleet, Starfleet is very doesn't much, work that way. Yeah, okay. I mean, in, in, in a lot of cases, you'll find Starfleet is not described as a, as a military uh, uh, institution. It's sure. more of, of, of exploration and stuff. And so it does, it doesn't really follow a lot of those norms and predicates of, you know, military Earth-based Earth military, yeah. even though you do get a little, you know, like, for example, in later seasons, Dax became the captain of the uh, Defiant for a little while. And even though she held the rank of lieutenant commander, which she does in this episode, this is actually the first episode where she, I think she got promoted because Worf was coming on board and they didn't want Worf to outrank her because their relationships developed to the point that they have, they, they get together and they eventually get married and they didn't yeah. really want to deal with that, that deal. So it was, it was like, well, there's an old naval tradition. And when someone is in command of a vessel, regardless of rank, they are called captain. So it's like you get sure. little, but that, that line of dialogue came from O'Brien who's, you know, very earthy, very earth-like because he's an Irishman and he's very, da, da, yeah. da, da, you know, and he just, that, that yeah. kind of fit the bill. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, I would say that I, I would picture Starfleet, Starfleet, that'd be a great title for this episode. Starfleet at will, at, at will employment. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to change it right now. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. But yeah, so this, this is great. So my question to you then too, is to you as the Sherpa, what makes this one great? I think making this one great is doing exactly kind of what you described with Worf is that maybe we got a little bit of him and maybe we didn't get a little bit of him. Maybe there was more of him to come, but I just remember watching this for the first time is that this generated a sense of buzz and promise in a series that I liked very much, but hadn't come anywhere close to realizing its potential. Right. And I, I don't, I couldn't tell you for absolute fact that it's because Michael Jordan Dorn joined the cast at this series, the quality of it just went whoop, because when you sure. season four is great season five, eh, a couple of stumbles here and there, when they hit the end of season five, that is when the open war with the dominion begins, which again, right. it's hinted at a lot in this episode. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a race from the gamma quadrant of which Odo is actually a member of that species, though he is not aligned with them. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're shapeshifters. They're, they're very behind the scenes. Um, and they're, they, they have the, much like species eight, four, seven, two, they want to impose their order on the universe, sure. uh, just in a very different way. That's not quite so filled with squishy fluid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know for a fact that Michael Dorn was catalyst that made all that happen, but it tends to coincide in such a fashion that his coming to the show brought about a new dawn that you really got to see some of the best of the show. And to me, right. took it, took it from run of the mill, like, Oh, here's a plot line. Like the episode, like the bad episode we're going to talk about in a second here that it's like, Oh, okay. It's very science fictiony plot and it's dull and it doesn't have anything to do with anything, and we'll never speak of it again. To something that is very ironclad and impactful and filled with character development and filled with moments that you didn't see coming and moments that you thought coming but kind of turned in a different direction and just a lot of different stuff. So that's so that's a long episode short. Michael Dorn cling on his way into a new age for the show. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. And yeah, and, and, and I liked, I, I totally dug this episode again. This is, this is the, this is easily a catalyst for, for me to continue my DS nine uh, 
process here, just like the Voyager one was for me too. So right. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that being said, unless you have any other thoughts, let's take a perhaps shorter foray into yeah. a very early ep uh, episode of the show. Uh, and one that, I mean, talk about the, the brown note here. This was just yeah. an absolute flop that what a stinker. anybody I've ever talked to looks at this show and says, what the fuck is going on? What, yeah. what, what's the deal with this? So uh, season one, episode 10, move along home. Uh, a visiting delegation from the Gamma Quadrant. And again, it's like, ooh, they're from the Gamma Quadrant, and blah, 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 it's so early in the show. And uh, it turns four crew members into pieces, air quotes, uh, of a bizarre game. Paul, it's your floor. This, so, okay, I mean, okay. So many, <laughs> so many weird, there's so many, there's just, it's such a, so, okay. <laughs> you're super just, minor yeah, thing. I, I know you're super, trying. Keep going. Super minor thing. I'm a computer guy. I do I do programming and stuff as my my day job. Okay. Um, it is incredible to me that like they like the the Federation or whoever is establishing first contact with this new species, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow they can dock on that space station. Mm -hmm. Like the parts even though they're from entirely different parts of the galaxy had entirely different journeys as species and whatever, they could still dock like the parts somehow still, you know, go right. That I was like, what, how, how, how? right. How? Because I, I, half of my job is making things that don't do that, do that. <laughs> right. So yeah, that, that's physically, physically or software. Any, either way, just, it's crazy. Right. The the leader the leader guy of these aliens I forget the name of the species um, the the Wadi W A D Y if I'm W A D Y okay what like I didn't and nothing against the actor I did not care for this guy's performance like I did like the, something about like he didn't it it didn't accomplish anything for me it to me in watching the performance I was like oh this is clearly an awkward human. Right. Not like a weird foreign sort of species thing. I just didn't, I just, it entirely lacked any kind of charisma. I just didn't, I didn't care for the guy's performance. Right. Um, there was a funny moment, <laughs> which was um, Quark says to the guy, he's trying to offer him like holodeck time right. in right. exchange for like letting him out or whatever. And he says, do you know what a holosuite is? Do you have sex on your world? <laughs> And I was like, I was like, just come on and say it, man. The holodeck is for boning, right? Yeah. I mean, what I mean, else? nobody ever wants. And again, they they go into it obviously completely satirically in lower decks, where they're like, you know, basically they, they oh, terrible jobs we ever. One guy's like, a, you know, one bad job on a ship is being like a jizz mopper. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, do you imagine? It's like uh, that was. That's why lower decks has kind of been a tilt away for like Rich and myself this season yeah. because it, it's just very Rick and Morty. As you know, because it's the Rick and Morty guy who's making the show, but right. Rick and Morty meets Family Guy meets Star Trek has just not been a connection for us. But regardless, yeah. That, so, so saying that and hearing you because I haven't watched that show, yeah. But hearing you describe it as that that mesh to yeah. me, that mesh doesn't work, right? And that's and, that, and that's what we bumped into as well. Because I can see the I can see the. I can see the whatever if you if you say it's like Family Guy <laughs> meets it's like Family Guy meets. Um, Rick and Morty, I can see something being that. But sure. if you mix Star Trek in there, like, I don't get it. Star Trek is earnest. Star Trek right. is honest. 
and serious and serious and Star, deep and Star social, Trek is, sociopolitical. Yeah, Star Trek is in good faith. Right. Rick and Morty and Family Guy <clears throat> are not in good faith. No, they are meant like the purpose of those shows is to make fun of something. Right. Right. Which True. by themselves, I love. Of course, I mean I, I have a good sense of humor, but like the purpose of Star Trek is not making fun of things right and so hearing you say that makes me all the less inclined <laughs> to yeah i to just i the... i don't um i don't uh, blame you uh for feeling that way so i would say i would say if i as your sherpa was to say what's your assignment beyond you know our four weeks together i would absolutely put lower decks at the bottom, the bottom. of that assi- i would put it even below star trek the animated series which rich and i spliced up about six months ago okay and it was all it, it was you know it was also very unsatisfying sure. uh but anyway to tilt back talking about this episode yeah. what what uh, d- tell me some more lay the, it on me uh, um <clears throat> There, there, even some of the performances of the the regular cast had some weird. Like there must have been a directing issue here too, because there's the part where so where they're in the game, yeah, they're in the game, and Bashir is yelling about something like he's oh oh it's right when they first kind of get in the game, mm-hmm. um, and sort of Captain or, or Commander Cisco wakes up and he's like, what am I doing in my uniform? What is going on here? Right. And right. they find Bashir, and Bashir is yelling about something. He's just having he's kind of nightmaring his way through. And something about the way he does the yelling and the nightmare thing, I was like, "This is not right. This is not right." right. It was weird. I will, I will, I will tell you because I'm glancing at the credits on the Memory Alpha page, the link that I provided, directed by David Carson. He's a heritage director. Michael Pillar did the story. He co-created the show. The late Michael Pillar. He actually died of cancer a few years later. Okay. Um, teleplay by Frederick Rappaport and Lisa Rich and Je- Jeannie uh, Kerrigan. Fauci, three names that have no resonance at all for Star Trek. So I get the feeling that you've got the vibe very much one and done. People okay. who, yeah. because as I was talking about several episodes back with in, in, uh, with Rich, uh, TNG, and then I'm, I'm assuming potentially DS9, had this open door slush pile of spec scripts. So, I, and, you know, and sometimes it resulted in absolutely great things. We got the episode Yesterday's Enterprise, which was a yeah. pivotal pivotal episode in Huge. season three of TNG, where Tashi R returned and it was this yeah. alternate reality thing, blah, 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 was written by a guy named Eric Stilwell, who I actually am friends with on Facebook. He lives in France now. Um, yeah. And he it was absolutely spectacular. He did not, it's not like that was his launching point. And then he joined, he you know, he joined... Uh, Star Trek, and he's still part of it. Ron Moore was another guy who submitted a, spl- a, a slush, uh, a, a spec script. I think it was for the bonding, which we talked about earlier, the Warf episode yeah. season three. And he joined Star Trek, and then he went on to give us DS9 and Battlestar Galactica. So he's I mean, like, you know, so it, it's absolutely there's no no promises at all, no no promises yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, found they didn't find a good one here. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, so yeah, this was somebody who sent one in, and somebody wrote it like, well, it's different enough, and we're early in the show, we got to fill. This was only a 20 episode season because it started in January of 93 and then it wrapped up in May, June. So they only had oh. so many weeks. It wasn't a, you know, September to May where like, oh, we got to get in 26 episodes because that's what we do. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, in, in Oxford and I talk about this a lot on the main show. Back in the old days, they were like, ah, oh, we got to get something out. So let's, okay, this is kind of shitty, but why not? We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it because we got to have something. And that's, and especially this being such an early effort, th- I get that vibe from this without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. There's another thing I noticed too is that, so there's, um, 
So in, throughout the episode, um, Odo is like searching. He's like, where did all the command people go? Right. And he goes to the bridge or whatever you call it of DS nine. And there's just some dude just kind of slumping there, like mm, whatever. And Odo is <laughs> like, and Odo is like, where is, where is Cisco? Where is, where is, uh, the other ones and he, the guy's like, I don't know. They just didn't show up. I heard they went drinking. Like that guy, <laughs> that guy, that Starfleet guy was all too happy or didn't care. That guy, that, yeah, like, there was Lieutenant, that the entire, Lieutenant Premen. He was a schmuck. It, like two two episode stint. Okay, the yeah. entire top tier of the command structure is gone without a trace, and he's like mm, shrug. He's yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> Meh. Yeah. What? Yeah, that was such. It's like he's the sad clown. Such yeah. is life. <laughs> you know, if I could record that sound, that would be the name. If I could <laughs> spell that out, that would be the name of the episode. <laughs> the Odo, so Odo goes aboard their ship. And I thought to myself, shouldn't Odo shapeshift to look like them? Like, if he's going to go aboard somebody else's ship and kind of skulk around, yeah, it be better to shapeshift to look like them? I would think, but at this point in particular... He was he didn't do so good with the faces. He oh, okay. he says that, and then it's funny. I don't know it because what you do find out is that his face, as it were, is the same face of the other founders, the changelings. Um, and he never, but they're all really great at like they could perfectly imitate like you or I, and nobody yeah. would know the difference. Um, except the blood screening things, which actually is endemic of that's what the Klingons are all about in the yeah. in the way of the warrior. Um, but yeah, Odo never really gets it down so that he can be like, I'm gonna sneak up on you and I look like a Romulan or whatever. He just never, never really knocks that out. So, huh. okay. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. This, so, so this one, like the, the, the whole game felt off. Right. The, the, somehow the, somehow that other, the Wadi expected Quark to play on even things. And yet they're like, you don't get to know the rules. Right, you get to know the whatever, but you're gonna you're gonna gamble and win or lose stuff just right along with us. Right, like you can't know the rules. What 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 is that? Why why? Um, the it's a whole lot of why why. Yes, the, I agree. The whole, the whole episode is why why like the 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 little there's a little girl in the maze thing. Right, who's like skipping and doing basically hopscotch. Yeah, along yeah. the thing, and that's one of the, the you got to do it and say the get rhyme. The force field, yeah, right. And like, it, I, I kept thinking to myself, why, 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 why is why is any of this happening? Why is any of this? Yeah. So, to, in, so in like, the end Charlie, of the episode, there's no purpose to it. Yeah. That's that's my question. Is like, th- th- I wrote this down. I wrote this down. This is my last comment of the whole set of notes I took. Was this? This is so weird. It did nothing for anything. That's one hundred percent correct. It, it's like the uh, it's like an episode of The Simpsons. And, and again, yeah. even this, even The Simpsons will punctuate this because in The Simpsons, which has been on for thirty three seasons, I just I powered up Hulu today and says, watch the latest uh, um, Treehouse of Terror, and we're in episode we're in season thirty three. Thirty three. You know what I mean? But they, you know, no character has ever aged. Homer is 36, Bart is 10, Lisa is 8, you know, Maggie's a baby. It's never changed. So they will have episodes like who shot Mr. Burns and who, and then they'll, they'll punctuate that with, you know, with a little 
stick at it every once in a while, like, well, you know, there's no continuity and cartoons don't need to make sense. I mean, DS9, again, this is, that's why I, I felt this was such a sharp contrast because you took one of the absolute best examples of, 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 of how a show when, you know, kind of turned it up to 11 and they, they started their trip up the mountain and, you know, yeah. Worf, Worf was their Sherpa. He was kind of guiding them to higher heights. Yeah. And then you go all the way back to the beginning and you're like, what kind of throwaway slush pile written by a you know fourth grader bullshit is this episode? Yeah. You know, so I wanted I, that. That's really what I wanted to illustrate in the spirit yeah. of this segment was to say, hey, here is um, here's one of the best. And here's something that you're just like. Why though? Like the meme, the, the little, the blown up. Why though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh so that's, my god! That's my that's my final thought on this episode is why? Yeah, that's exactly. All. Why? Exactamundo. So, well, this was fun, and uh, next yes. week, we, next week we will transition back to Voyager. Uh, yes. I have to, I have to dream up uh, one of the best. In some ways, I, I, I have some ideas, um, and I don't know if we want to go with another two parter or if we want to go with two individual episodes, but we'll see. I am Charlie. I got to tell you, I'm pumped for it. And no matter what you, no matter how you sort of thread, whatever needle there, I'm super pumped because your first, your first set last week got me there. I'm ready for, I'm ready to be like guided more up the mountain here. Voyager had its own way apart from TNG when TNG was very run of the mill with the grain. Voyager was like, we got to make this impossible decision. So we don't die. We got to make this crappy yeah. decision so that yeah. we can survive to da 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 da. So yeah, no, I'm fired up and thank you. Thank you for the confidence you put in me. That really actually <laughs> means course. a lot that someone says yeah. to me like, you're the guy. So yeah. All right. Well with that, we shall bring this lovely little program to a close with the outro, which is all up on you, my friend. For more information about Starfleet International, please visit Grand Petoskey and Region 13 on Facebook. And remember, never go in against a Klingon when death is on the line. Woo! You catch Trace in front of me. I kind of like yeah. it. Um, I will say thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, sharing is caring, and to keep on trekking. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation, visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.